Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Hello there. We're talking about these amazing gifts of the Holy Spirit. Think of it like a nine-fold power pack, a pack of dynamite. The word miracle and power is the Greek word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he mentions nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that he says each one of us has at least one of them, but they are miraculous gifts. Last week, we looked at three of them, the word of wisdom, where I just know what to say or what to do in the moment inspired by the Holy Spirit. Not wisdom I've learned or have inherently, but a gift. We spoke about the word of knowledge, where I know a fact or some information about a person or about something that's happening without being able to know that naturally. The gift of discerning of spirits, where I can tell, is there an evil spirit behind this? What kind of spirit? Is it God's spirit? Is it a good thing? I can discern the spirit behind things. Those were the three we looked at briefly last week. And this week I'm speaking about the next three, which are the most powerful of the three. It's the gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the gift of miracles. In 1 Corinthians 12, I'll read from verse 4. It says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. He is the one who gives these nine gifts. Verse 5 says, There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. That's talking about the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher gifts. Those are from the Lord Jesus. And Ephesians 4 tells us that. And then it says, There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God. So we've got this gifts of the Spirit, the ministries of the Lord Jesus, and the activities of God. And those, I believe, are the seven gifts listed in Romans 12, serving, prophecy, leadership, encouragement, mercy, teaching, giving. But now he's going to describe these nine gifts. And he says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. For the profit of all. Each one gets one. Nobody is left out. It's not just for special people. It's not some people get all nine and the rest of us watch them do their thing. No, each one. And the main leaders and and people uh, who are in profile ministry probably only have one or two as their main gift. I'm going to show you a bit later how we can all use all of them, but you have at least one that is yours like a Christmas gift with your name on it. And it's for the common good. It's for others. It's not a personal edifying gift. For to one is given the word of wisdom, another the word of knowledge. Then verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit. You say, but don't we all have faith? The Bible says that God has given to each one a measure of faith. Romans 12. Romans 10 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We've all got faith. If I don't have faith, I don't please God. Hebrews 11, 6. I'm not a Christian if I don't have faith. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3 says, our faith can increase exceedingly and grow more and more. So is that this? No, no. This is a different thing. This is a gift of faith because he says, only one person to one is given the gift of faith by the Spirit. And this is where I suddenly, by the inspiration of the Spirit, have boldness, confidence. I know God is going to do something. I have faith and I step out and risk like Peter walking on the water. Gift of faith for the moment, confidence, boldness, the ability to risk. There is fear probably with it, but God has given a special gift of 
faith. That might be your gift. We're going to hopefully find out. He goes on to say, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another, one other person. We don't all have this. Another person has gifts of healings. Now, I hope to get to it today, but to show you that healing is available for all of us. Jesus bought healing for us. And I hope to be able to cover those scriptures for you today. But some people have a gift of healing. So we can all pray for healing. We can all expect healing. We can all see healing. Healing happens all around us all the time. It's like God has poured out riches and gifts and healing and blessings. Uh, his spirit on all flesh, Acts chapter 2 says. But some of us have a, a Christmas gift under the tree with our name on it that says healings. And it's plural, gifts of healings, which makes it seem like some people are gifted with certain types of healings. Again, we can all pray for all types of sicknesses and trust God and believe his word and believe what Jesus did on the cross and believe for healing. But it is true that some people have a gift of healing for certain types of sicknesses. What do I mean by that? I mean, pretty much every time they try to pray for somebody to be healed for that thing, it works. They are instantly healed. And there are so many different types of sicknesses. And I've seen some people are more gifted. Every time they pray for a certain type of sickness, it gets healed, but they can pray for others. And people who don't have the gift of healing, maybe it's word of wisdom for them, but they can still see healings happen because God has poured out his riches. And then it says uh, to another verse 10, working of miracles. And that's the third one that we're going to look at today. Faith, healings and miracles. I call these the power, power gifts. They're a little triplet of three that are all about power. So I'd like to look at a few examples of how this happened in the Bible, just to give us some context. I'd like to make it practical for us, and I'd like to give us some background. But uh, let's, let's look at a few examples of this. So in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 14, now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So Jesus walks into Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law is lying sick. She has a terrible fever. It says in this passage that he touched her hand and the fever left her. But we see in the other Gospels that he rebuked the fever. Now, when Jesus rebuked something, it means that there was a satanic influence or a demon behind it. So there was an element of healing. There was also rebuking demons, which means he was using the discerning of spirits gift, I, I believe to know whether it was just a pure healing or whether there was a spirit behind it. Um, and then it says, when evening came, they brought many who were demon possessed. He cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. Again, deliverance, casting out demons and healing. There's a mixture of, of the gifts going on here. And it says that it might be fulfilled what was spoken in Isaiah 53, where it talks about what Jesus did for us on the cross. 
You remember that beautiful passage in Isaiah 53. Let me read it to you. Surely he has borne our griefs, verse 4. And that word griefs is translated sicknesses everywhere else in the Old Testament. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, which is also usually translated pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. Can you see that forgiveness of sins, freedom from the enslavement to sin and freedom from sickness and healing were all part of what Jesus did. And you know, when Jesus spoke about this, he often put healing and forgiveness of sins together. When the people brought the paralytic to Jesus to be healed and his friends ripped the, the roof off the house and lowered him down and Jesus said, your sins are forgiven and the Pharisees were thinking in them in their hearts and amongst themselves saying, how can he forgive sins? Jesus had a word of knowledge and a discerning of spirits. He knew what they were thinking. And he said to them, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or you are healed, but that you may know that I have the authority to forgive sins. He was putting it together. He says, forgiving of sins and, and healing of bodies, it's all in the atonement. It's all what I do. It's part of the same gift that is bought by my sacrifice. Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. It puts them together. And so we see that in this story, Jesus healed with discerning and he rebuked. He spoke to the sickness. Let me read you another story. I've already mentioned Matthew 14, when Peter walked on the water and we see miracles there. Um, they see Jesus. It's three o'clock in the morning. They see Jesus walking on the water and there's a stormy sea. They didn't expect it would be him. He says, it's me. They're still not sure. They gaze through the mist and the darkness. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. That's a gift of faith. Jesus just says one word, come. Peter then steps out of the boat. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. He had a gift of faith and a gift of miracles. Miracles simply means things that are not naturally explainable. Uh, you get supernatural provision of money or a job opening or a parking space. Um, the weather, you pray for the weather to change and it changes. Uh, miracles are supernatural things that happen. I believe casting out demons could be considered miracles. In fact, it's a, it's a catch-all phrase for all of these kind of things. But Peter walked on the water and then when he started to sink, when he started using his physical senses to look at the worrying weather around him, Jesus caught him and said, I believe with a smile, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Luke chapter 6. This I love, this story. Uh, when it came to pass in those days, that he went out to the mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. 
and the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. Healed them all. So I want you to imagine the scene. Jesus prays all night. And we know whenever he prayed, because of the transfiguration story in the Bible, it shows that when he prayed, he started glowing and shining and he was talking to God. And in the transfiguration, he was talking to Moses and Elijah. He got amazing power and wisdom when Jesus prayed to God on his own. But then he comes down after all night prayer and he chooses his 12. Why? He got a gift of wisdom and he knew who the 12 should be and maybe a word of knowledge. And then... He goes to this place and there are crowds, a big level space. And it says people from Jerusalem, Judea, uh, Tyre and Sidon, just thousands and thousands of people on a big open space. And the disciples are there with him. And there are people who are sick, but there are also people who are influenced by demonic spirits. And he heals them all. You know, when the Bible says he heals them all, it's not being... um, just literary. It's not trying to make a point. It's actually saying Jesus healed them all. There was not a single person on that day who was not healed. And this isn't the only time it says this. There are many, many places in the Gospels and in the book of Acts where it says every single person was healed. In fact, there is never a person who asks Jesus to be healed who doesn't get healed. Not one. There is only one time in Mark chapter 6 where it says healings didn't happen and Jesus wanted to heal the people in his hometown but it says that they didn't honor him they didn't believe in him they were offended by him and he couldn't heal them because they wouldn't receive it but he wanted to he wanted to heal them and so we see this healing is is demonstrated by Jesus for all of us that's why I say it's like this Christmas gift which the whole family has suddenly got rich we've suddenly all benefited but then we also get special gifts with our name under the tree jesus has poured out healing he bought it on the cross his will and god the father's will is always always to heal you know jesus said if you've seen me you've seen the father Uh, hebrews 1 says he is the express image of the father colossians says he is the image of the invisible god Um, Jesus shows God to us in absolute technicolor. Hebrews 1 says that in the past we had prophets trying to tell us who God was, but now we've seen him, the brightness of his glory, the express image in Jesus. And Jesus says, I want to heal everyone. Many times he heals everybody around. Power came out from him and he healed and demons were cast out and a word of wisdom in choosing his disciples. There are many, many other stories. Um, There are some from after Jesus went back to heaven. In Acts chapter 3, verse 6, Peter and John are walking to the temple. They see a lame man and they say, look at me. He's thinking he's going to get some money. And Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Now, I don't believe that was a gift of healing, a a supernatural download of the Spirit's healing power. I think perhaps it was a gift of faith to Peter, but he said, what I have, I give to you. In other words, he was saying, I don't have money right now, but I do have the authority 
to proclaim healing because Jesus bought it and he told us, he gave us the keys of the kingdom. Whatever we bind or loose on earth would have been bound or loosed in heaven. And so I think he was just using the general authority to heal, but we see it working there. And then later in Acts chapter 5, uh, Ananias and Sapphira come to Peter after holding back some money and lying to the spirit. And he has a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. He speaks and a miracle happens. They're taken straight to heaven. They die so that they couldn't sin anymore and walk away from the Lord. And then it says Peter healed many, even the shadow of Peter as he walked down the road, people were healed. And then later on in verse 16, he sa- it says they brought people who were sick and every single one of them was healed. So I think Peter had this general understanding that healing is the children's bread, as Jesus said to the Syrophoenician woman. But then some of us have a gift of healing where it's our special thing. And it may be for a certain type of sickness or many sicknesses, but it is a gift. So I've said that we all have all of these. Faith, we all have a measure of faith. God has given it to us and we can increase it, but sometimes God gives a special gift of faith. Healing, we can all appropriate it, but sometimes it's a special gift. Miracles, we all have miracle power because we couldn't get saved on our own without a miracle. And this word dunamis, dynamite, power, occurs many times speaking of something that we all have. Ephesians 1 verse 19, Paul prays that the eyes of our hearts would be open to see the power, the mighty power, the miracle dunamis power that we all have. Romans 8 11 says, uh, the spirit of Jesus who that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you and he will give life to your mortal bodies. Even the fact that you're walking around is the miracle power of God. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, miracle power, dunamis that works in us. Uh, there are many verses. So we have all of these, but for some people, miracles work more and it's their special gift. Let me try and make this practical. For those of us who are in leadership, the word of wisdom and the gift of faith often go together so you can make bold decisions. For those of us who are involved in evangelism, one-on-one, the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the gift of healings often work together so that you can do things and a gift of faith so you can be bold. Uh, Miracles, provision. You know, I've seen people in business leadership who have the gift of miracles and the gift of faith, and they know when to be bold and to step out in faith and God provides miraculously for them. Just like Jesus fed the 5,000, he found coins in fish's mouths. He knew where to put down the net so that they would catch a massive catch of fish. That's the gift of word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and miracles. And those in leadership have it. Those who are serving often have a gift of healing as well. Those who have mercy as one of their motivational gifts. They love to help people. They may have um, healing and also a word of knowledge or word of wisdom to know how to handle it. And so these gifts all mix together, but each one of us is unique and you have a special gift, something that is just for you. I want to just speak about how we receive this because I mentioned it last time, but I I want to just cover this again. You know, in Luke 11, Jesus said, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, Will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If a child comes to his dad and asks for something, 
His dad will not give him something bad. He will give him something good. Then verse 13, please hear me now. Jesus said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, I mentioned last week that there were three levels of the disciples receiving the Holy Spirit. In John 14, Jesus said to them, the Holy Spirit has been with you as a friend and a counselor, but he will be in you. So they'd had him with them. Then in John 20, when Jesus had risen again, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So they had him in them, but he said, wait until you've been endued with power from on high, until you've been baptized. So he was with, then he was in, but they hadn't been endued with power. And then in Acts chapter 2, they were baptized in the Spirit, filled, and they started speaking in tongues, prophesying, and all these miracles started happening. All of these gifts are available because Jesus has poured out His grace. He's died on the cross to buy all these gifts for us. We can, if we ask Jesus into our life and we ask Him to forgive us and be Lord of our lives, have the Holy Spirit in us, in us. And that is so wonderful, the most important thing. But then when we get filled, when we ask Him to fill us, then we start to have all the gifts available to us, but there is one or two that is your special gift. And here in Luke eleven thirteen, it says, if we ask the Father, He will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Not those who earn it, not those who've got a degree in Christianity, not those who've been good and avoided all sins. Just we love the Father and we ask for the gift and He gives. And we trust His Word, not because we feel that He's given it, but because He said it. And then we start to act it out. You know, in Acts chapter 2, when Pentecost happened, it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's what happens when you ask him. You say, Lord, fill me. He says, yes, my child. They were all filled. And they began to speak with other tongues. They began to speak. They started activating their voice and their mouth and their jaw and their tongue. Just like Peter started using his own leg muscles to walk on the water. God didn't force him to walk on the water. God won't force you to speak in tongues. They were filled. They began to speak. Then it says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives you the words. And so what we do is we ask and we act. We simply say, Lord, I ask you for the Holy Spirit. You know, he's a good spirit. When Jesus was in John 14 saying to the disciples that he's been with you, but he will be in you. He made it very clear that it wasn't a new spirit. It wasn't a frightening spirit. He said, I will give you another counselor or another helper or another friend. And that word another in the Greek means another just like the first one. He was saying, I am the counselor, the friend that's been close to you and you've known. I'll give you another one just like me. I will give you the Holy Spirit. He will be in you. But then straight after that, he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. He was saying, it's me in spirit form. And the disciples welcomed the Holy Spirit in. On the day of Pentecost, he filled them. They began to speak in tongues. The crowds gathered and said, what is happening here? And Peter said, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel many, many hundreds of years ago. In the last days, says the Lord, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your men servants and your maid servants." Everyone, old men and young men, 
and they will all prophesy. All flesh will experience this. Friends, these gifts of the Spirit have not passed away. They're not something for the history books. They're not something just for the special apostles or evangelists or ministers. They're for all of us. On the day of Pentecost, all 120 were filled with the Spirit. All of them received the power of the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 12, when it's listing these nine gifts, it says to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one is given this gift, to another is given this gift. It's not some people monopolizing. It's for all of us. Have you received Jesus as Lord? He may have been with you, but is he in you? Have you asked him to come in and forgive you? He loves you. He wants to do that today. And if you've done that, have you asked him to fill you with his spirit? And then start to expect to see these gifts happen in your life. Reach out in faith. When I first got married, my wife had a stomach ache and uh, she just asked me to just pray for it. And it was the first time we tried it and she was instantly healed. And now I don't think that's my main gift, but it's it was starting the process of trying to use these gifts. I went to a, a small group meeting and I said, Lord, please give me the gift of prophecy. And for the first time, he gave me something from him to share with somebody else. These are gifts that God wants to give. They're gifts. They're not things we earn. And he is so excited to put Christmas gifts under the tree with your name on it. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Come in and be Lord of my life. I love you. I want to be forgiven and I want to follow you for the rest of my life. And now, Lord, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. You promise that if I ask, you will give me your Holy Spirit. Please fill me. Thank you, Lord, that you have filled me. And now, Lord, I expect to be able to walk out some of these gifts and I'm going to start using them and praying for healing, praying for miracles, praying for things to change, for supernatural provision. Uh, I'm going to be expecting gifts of faith and boldness, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discernment. I'm going to be expecting to see these things and I'm going to start speaking in other languages and prophesying and watching you do miracles in my life. We love you. Look us up on leadinglightsnetwork.com. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.